Today's year is dedicated for the success of the state of Israel, the success of the Israeli Defense Forces, for the return of all the hostages, for the return of all our soldiers to their families, also of Israel Hashem, in good health, all of uh, those who have been killed, Al Kiddush Hashem, during this time, Neilu Nishmat Inabat Matitia, Neilu Nishmat Esther Bat Eliyahu, Esther Bat Mashiach, Matitia Ben Nevi, Daniel Ben Ephraim, David Ben Edidia, Ephraim Ben Yudam, Moshe Ben David, Nachamim Ben Mordechai, Rah Hashem Tinham Ben Ephraim, Neilu Nishmat Yoav Ben Shalomo, Rah Hashem Aaron Ben Mashiach, Rah Hashem Yaakov ben Rachamim, Rach Adonai And for Rafuah Dan ben Esther, Nisan ben Chana, Yitzchak ben Yafa, Yechezkel ben Rachel, Nisim ben Dina, Chana Orli bat Evorah, Shemuel ben Rachel, Dan ben Yamin ben Shoshana, Enuna Rafana Lahem. So uh, we're continuing Peleyoetz. We've been learning uh, mitzvot of the legs. The last one that we spoke about was about uh, passing by a synagogue. Uh, at the time that uh, at the time of a minyan, uh, if someone is going in the morning or someone is in the afternoon at the time of mincha or on Shabbat morning, uh, it's asur to go for a walk past the synagogue. Forbidden to go. Those people will say, hey, "What kind of a person are you? You don't you don't believe in God? You don't believe in tefillah? You don't believe in prayer? You, you walk by a synagogue and you and you're not going in uh, to pray? How could you possibly do such a thing?" And we said that this this idea does not apply in a uh, in a town or in a village like uh, where there are many synagogues in the same area. That if a person is passing by one uh, kanisa, and people are not going to say he doesn't believe in God or he doesn't care for tefillah, people are going to say uh, he's going to go to the other kanisa. His his minyan is the other minyan. He's going for the shira and the other uh, kanisa, and that's okay. But if it's in a way, for sure, if it's in a way that people are gonna look and they're gonna say, "Hey, no, what's he doing? What's she doing? What are they doing? Why, why don't, why don't they go inside to pray? It's the time of the minyan. They don't believe in Hashem, they're, and then one is not allowed to pass by a synagogue um, at the time of uh, tefillah, at the time of prayer. And that's a mitzvah of the legs. Next one, asur lelech arba amot bintilat yadaim lachar sheyashan. So this is something that the Mikubalim, the Kabbalists, were very, very strict about. So Pele Yoetz says that it's prohibited, just like in accordance with the Kabbalah. He says it's prohibited to walk um, outside. Uh, it's prohibited to walk even for a month, to walk six feet. Meaning to, to walk from one's bed, even for a few feet. It's prohibited to walk in the morning without doing it till that so the Mekubalim, the Kabbalists, their minhag was, and there there are Svaradim who have this minhag till today. That uh, they would keep the the netila cup. They would have a netila cup with a bowl, and they put it on their nightstand. They put it much next to their bed. So and and this is how it's written in our sidur. You know, in our, in every Sephardic sidur, it's written modeani. The first thing I say in the morning is modeani. What's the second thing? The second thing is netilat yadaim. Why? Because the Mekubalim. The Kabbalists believe very strongly that the Tumah in the hands is very strong in the mornings. The uh, impurity of the hands is very strong, and therefore a person shouldn't even walk. Uh, even walk a couple of steps, shouldn't walk a few, and until I do Nitzilat Yadayim, 
they will keep an Atila station next to their bed. So the first thing I do in the morning is Modeani. Second thing I do is Nitila Tedaim. And only then do I go to the bathroom. And when I go to the bathroom, I say the Bracha of Asher Yatsar. They were extremely uh, strict about that. Now, according to the plain halacha, the simple halacha, which is the, I think the way most, I, I don't want to speak for like all of Am Yisrael, but I think the way, uh, at least in our community, the way most people do it is we say that it's okay if a person wants, first you go to the restroom um, and even say Asher Yatsar for whenever you come out of the bathroom, you could say the bracha of Asher Yatsar. What people have to know, what's very important is the Sidur is saying, I can't say the bracha of if I didn't do Natila Yadaim. We have to do Natila Yadaim in the morning, it's true, but you don't have to do it immediately within the first four amot. I can go to the bathroom first, say the, say the third bracha, say the bracha of Asher Yatsar, and then afterward, uh, do Natila Yadaim and say the bracha of Natila Yadaim. That's also okay, it's not a problem. What about you in the restroom? You're in the you're coming out. Oh, so that's very good. So, uh, so should I do Natila in the restroom? So, the, so that gets into a question of uh, can I do Natila Yadaim and say the Bracha in the restroom? Meaning, is the restroom a place of Tumah or not? Oh, wash in the restroom, and then you come out, close the door. Yeah, exactly. But still, is the restroom the ideal place to do it? Because it's still a restroom. So, so, for, so for that question, the, ide- the ideal is, the preferable, if a person can, is to not do the Natila in the restroom, to do Bokirtov, to do the Natila in a kitchen sink, uh, or to do it in a different area of the house, so that it should not be done in the restroom. It's perfectly fine for a person to do a, a go to the bathroom first, say Asher Yatsar, say Elohai Neshama, and then go do Natila Edaim in the in the sink oh, somewhere else. Yeah, you say, say Elohai Neshama also, yeah. In the times of the Gemara, Elohai Neshama was the first thing that they used to say in the morning. It was, it was, it was like their Modeani, Elohai Neshama, that we thank Hashem for the Neshama that He put in our bodies. Yeah, the Modeani is a little bit of a more recent uh, invention, actually. Okay, tov, okay, tov. Uh, so, um, so he said, and then you can go to the sink somewhere else and do Natila Edaim and, and say the bracha of Natila Edaim there. Uh, what a person should not do, which I was trying to say before, a person should not say the bracha of Natila Edaim without doing Natila Edaim. Uh, nobody should make the mistake of thinking, oh, it's in the Siddur, so let me just read this uh, bracha. The other brachot that come after it, the bracha uh, those, those brachot that come later, our minhag nowadays is we do it even though we don't necessarily do all of the actions. Meaning, we, I didn't hear a rooster crow to say, uh, but nonetheless, I, the, we still say those brachot. For the brachav netila yadaim, there were people who made this mistake. They, they think that they thought you could say netila without doing netila yadaim, without doing the action. For Hamotzi, for Hamotzi, there there are people that would pick up their hands and they would say, "Baruch Hashem, Al Netila Edaim." You didn't wash your hands. So that's a, just a very simple and plain mistake. Uh, to say the, the bracha of Netila Edaim is for the action of washing a person's hands with a cup uh, three, three times on, on, on one hand and three times on the other hand. Uh, the minhag 
In the morning, the tila has to alternate hands and to switch off between the hands and do three times on each hand. But the but the bracha of netilat yadaim is when a person does the action of netilat yadaim. The reason why it's first in the sidur is because the mekubalim followed what Pele Yoet said over here. They were very strict that they, the first thing they did before even getting out of bed, you know, is I, I did netilat yadaim. And only then did I go to the restroom and say, Asher Yatsar. Uh, but nowadays, for the average person, it's fine and it's okay, but we're not in the Kubalim. Uh, I, I myself don't keep like the Kabbalistic Minak. Uh, maybe one day I will, I don't know. But uh, at the moment, I don't keep like the Kabbalistic Minak. So you can go to the restroom and come out and say, Asher Yatsar. Say, Good morning. And then do the Niti Latidaim afterward, and that's acceptable as well. Uh, so the but we have to do netilat yadaim in the morning also. If a person didn't do netilat yadaim at home, you can do netilat yadaim over here also in the synagogue. But at the very least, we have to do netilat yadaim before we pray uh, in the morning because there is tuma in the hands whenever we wake up in the morning. Next. So, asur lelech arba amot zegufa o begilui harosh. It's prohibited to uh, walk. So again, Peleyoet uh, is taking a very strict approach here, but he says it's prohibited to walk six feet without a person covering his head, or bekomas kufa, or with a person walking completely upright and completely straight. Uh, so, Shulchan Aruch on the second point that we made, also said, he said it's prohibited to walk completely upright, like this. You know, like think of a person who's walking out with his chest out when he's walking out. Why? A person who walks in that way, it shows almost like I don't believe in God. Right? The world is about me. It's forbidden to walk around. Gava. That's called walking with Gava. To walk out, uh, you know, to walk around. Um, uh, standing up straight and my chest out and everybody should see me like the, the world is all about me. So the halakha says it's asur. It's prohibited to walk in that way with, in, a, in a way that shows arrogance that, that the world is centered around me. Walk around with a sense that Hashem is everywhere and I have to walk around with a sense of uh, respect and uh, slightly bent even a little bit. So not, not with the, the chest out. The second thing is Is it permitted or prohibited to walk around without a kippah on our head? So Peleowitz takes a strict approach on this. He says, Asur, it's prohibited. A Jew always has to have his cover head, uh, uh, his head covered wherever we go. But in Shulchan Aruch, in Shulchan Aruch it says that it doesn't say the language Asur for this. It says Velo. It says a person shouldn't. It doesn't say it's prohibited to walk outside with a person's hair uncovered. It says a person shouldn't, which means that it's not strictly prohibited. It's not an isur. If a person uh, is, uh, walks outside without a hiskipa on, the main places that a person has to have his head covered are when a person comes into Kanisa, a person comes into a synagogue, a person comes to pray, Whenever we pray, we have to have our, our head cover. And also in the Gemara, it says that uh, whenever uh, people used to be, uh, whenever you used to come meet with a rabbi, if you met with a chacham, if you were meeting with an important person, as a sign of respect, you cover your head uh, whenever you come and meet with a chacham. 
offense. So if a rabbi comes and visits you at the office, or if uh, you, uh, you go and meet with a rabbi, you go meet with a chacham, then in those situations a person is supposed to cover their head. But in general, it's not prohibited. It's not a sur, and there are many... Um, there are many communities, good morning, um, I know amongst the Syrians and for sure amongst the, the Mashadis, there were many who didn't have the minhag to always cover their head everywhere they go. It's a good thing, for sure, I encourage every person as a Jew to always wear a kippah and to always cover their head everywhere, but it's not prohibited. And uh, I know that there are many, many had the minhag that, you know, they keep the kippah in their uh, pocket. Whenever they walk into Kanisa, they pull out their kippah and they, they put it on their head. That's fine. It's okay if that's, what a, if that's what a person does. If a person wears a kippah everywhere to show that I'm Jewish, to show as a reminder Hashem is over us, uh, and we have to conduct ourselves like Jews <laughs> everywhere we go in life, all the better. So, acknowledge that uh, Hashem's presence is all over the world. Uh, next mitzvah uh, for mitzvah rabah mechabevet eretz Israel. It's a mitzvah to love the land of Israel, to love eretz Israel. If a person can live there, to live there, to go there. If a person is not able to live there, to visit Israel. Uh, Bichukagdullah means with uh, tremendous love, with tremendous emotion to visit Israel. Kiven el imo. To, when I go to Israel, to feel like a baby going into its, uh, into its mother's arms, into, into his mother's. So that's how we should feel. When we go to Israel, we should feel like uh, I'm going and I'm getting a hug from Hashem. And being in Israel is like getting a hug from Hashem. <laughs> no, Baruch Hashem, we have, <laughs> the room is full. Um, there, there's a very famous debate, a very famous machloket between the Rambam and the... I don't, I don't know if it's a machloket necessarily, but is it, is it counted as a mitzvah to live in Israel? Is it one of the 613 mitzvot? So the Rambam, Maimonides, in his count of the 613 mitzvot, left it out. It's a very famous thing. He did not write um, amongst the 613 mitzvot that there's a mitzvah to move in, to Israel or there's a mitzvah to live in Israel. Everybody is surprised. All of the Chachamim, all the rabbis are surprised and try to explain why did the Rambam leave it out to the point that there are some who explain that that Rambam felt that it was so simple and fundamental that we should live in Israel. I don't even need to write it in one of the 613 mitzvot. But he didn't, he didn't write it. A Ramban with a Nun, same generation, uh, Nachmanides, Rabbi Moshe ben Nachman, um, he criticized him and he on the, his, he's a commentary on the Rambam, and he says certain mitzvot that he included, you have to take out, and then you have to put in other mitzvot, the Ramban said. One of the mitzvot that he put in was, it's a mitzvah to go live in Israel. It's a mitzvah to live in Israel. But, there, but he wrote in the halachot that if a person, a person who lives in Israel, in the halachot of the Rambam, he writes, if a person lives in Israel, it's forbidden to leave Israel, it's asur to make a ridach, as shalom, and to go outside. He, this he writes, it's better to live in Israel, and he writes it. But he doesn't count it as one of the 630 mitzvot. It's something that's a little uh, puzzling, that people don't understand. He didn't include it. But nonetheless, it's a tremendous...
tremendous mitzvah to go in Israel. I remember uh, we used to sometimes we would go on hikes in Israel, and they, the the tour guides were there. They would say, you know, whenever you walk, say every four steps you walk in Israel, you do a mitzvah. So when you walk, you say echad shtaim shalosh mitzvah. You know, I did all my steps. One step, two step, three step, mitzvah. And every every fourth step that I took in Eretz Israel, I, I did a mitzvah. So we have to always uh, uh, truly love Israel, to desire to go there, to realize that the heart of the Jewish people is in Israel. Chas v'shalom, the worst of the worst. Chas v'shalom is to say we don't need Israel. Chas v'shalom. Chas v'shalom to say we're happy where we are, we're, sell, we're settled where we are, and everything is going to be good. Where, where we are outside of Israel. No, we never know. One day we might have to move to Israel. Israel are the bracha of the Jewish people, the bracha of the Jewish nation. comes because we have Eretz Israel, and we have to look towards if there's an opportunity to go settle there and to go be there. Bokertov, okay. Bokertov. Uh, and and anytime we go there and we visit there, we should feel like Pele says, we should feel like we're getting a hug from Hashem. Keben el chekimo, like a child, like a child going to his mother's chest to get a, a hug from his mother. That's how we should feel whenever we go to Israel. So Bezrat Hashem, tomorrow we're up to a new section. We finish section 24. The next section is going to be mitzvot of the private organs. That's going to be the... Thank you.